Hello, this is Coming to the Mat, podcast from the Melanesian Women Today Impact Service Series. Told through the lens of everyday, ordinary Pacific Island women, the Mat series seeks to break cultural barriers and invite listeners to hear real human stories of making a difference. The stories you will hear from the series balance diverse interests and weave together the story of courageous women who dedicate their lives to making a difference in their communities and country. Coming to the Mat series is a safe space that allows for women in the Pacific to use their voices. It also explores the integral aspects of women's lives all across the South Pacific and gives the listener a window into the many different issues women face through storytelling. Welcome to Coming to the Matter podcast, where we share the incredible stories of Pacific Islanders, whether they live abroad or back in the Pacific. Now, every episode is like sitting down on the mat with me for a good story and or talk story or talanor with friends and families and diving into this diverse stories that showcase just how amazing our Pacific Island citizens truly are. So in our special series called Spotlight on the Pacific Diaspora, we get to know different Pacific Islander communities around the world. Now, these stories that we bring to you will reveal unique experiences, dreams and contribution of the Pacific Diaspora, shedding light on their significant impact in their new homes and the place of origin where they come from. So on coming to the mad or... Spotlight on the Pacific Diaspora, we're all about celebrating achievements and facing challenges together with our Pacific Diaspora communities and learning more about them. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Talisovic, and together we'll embark on an inspirational journey through the global Pacific Island community lens. So let's celebrate the strength, culture, and accomplishments of our Pacific Diaspora members, all exemplifying the unity and progress that define their communities. Now, this month, in our spotlight on the Pacific Diaspora stories, we kick off, or we kick things off with the incredible story of a young man living in Utah in the United States. He's made history as the first Nivanuatu to serve in the United States Marine Corps. Known affectionately as Kai by his family and friends, Malakai Opet has roots in the island of Palma in Vanuatu, thanks to his dad, George Opet, who also resides in the United States, and his mother, Jamie Opet Rowley, whom we will hear from shortly today, an American from the state of Utah. So I had the privilege of chatting with him with Kai shortly after his remarkable journey to becoming a U.S. Marine Corps. Now, before we jump into a feature story, let me just give you a quick rundown of the United States Armed Forces, also known as the military, so that you can get a good context of our story. It's basically made up of six branches. The United States Armed Force or military is made up of six branches the Air Force, the Army, Coast Guard, Marine Corps, Navy, and the newest addition is the Space Force. 
Now, who's in charge of the United States Armed Force or military? So it's basically the president. He's the big boss, the commander in chief, so to speak, making the final calls. The Secretary of Defense of the Defense, Department of Defense manages the military, except for the Coast Guard, which falls under the Department of Homeland Security. The Department of Defense is like the world's largest company with over 2 million civilian and military employees. Now, each of the branch has a unique role. The Air Force rules the sky and space, flying planes and more. The Air National Guard is like the reserve team for the Air Force. And then you have the Army, who handles the land operations and global security. The Army National Guard is like a part-time, or it is a part-time warrior force required by the Constitution. The Coast Guard takes care of domestic waterways, rescues, and all of that. And the Marine Corps is also about rapid response by land and sea. The Marine Corps is also known as the country's rapid reaction force. They are trained to fight by sea and land, and usually are the first, what we call, boots on the ground. So the Marine Corps are also known as the world's fishes warriors. The Navy keeps the ocean safe for travel and trade, and the Space Force is the newbie, so to call, in the group, still figuring things out. So that's how the United States military is made up. The U.S. military operates in over 100 countries, ensuring peace and security from the U.K. to Japan and many places in between. So that's a quick rundown of the United States Armed Forces, also known as the military, before we get to a feature story. Marines are different. They like to think they're the best. Their culture is a warrior spirit. We consider ourselves warriors. We have an obligation to be the most ready when the nation is the least ready. And do the kinds of things that our country would ask of its elite warriors. The Marines are smaller than the other major military services. They're more oriented on combat. Throughout history, at times, killing is necessary. The Marines run to the sound of the guns. Marines understand that what they do is a brutal business, but they never lose their humanity. They're the most ancient of all the armed services. I say ancient, not primitive. They're arguably the most functional of all the armed services. They're a cult that works. They're a gang that's lawful. To me, it's the baddest fraternity on the planet that, uh, that you can belong to. Semper Fidelis, always faithful. Marines, more than any service unit, emphasize that notion of camaraderie. A kind of specialness and a special camaraderie to each other. There's a myth out there that the Marines are Neanderthals. I actually find the Marines very intellectual. Roger that. Okay, Watts, I want Marines, I firmly believe, are idealists to their core, who really, truly believe that they can, in some way, help make the world a better place. They live in such a tough world that they have to cloak their idealism in a shell just to survive. The professional warrior has a very strong emphasis on a code of ethics. Integrity, morality is a big factor. Our core values, honor, courage, and commitment, that's the foundation 
of that ethos. Repeat after me. When we took that oath, we promised everybody in our country that for four years or for a lifetime, we'd give them the best we had, and we do every day. Marines don't argue about should we or should we not have intervened. The mission is everything. And a Marine, no matter how many times you knock him down, he's going to get to his feet. And that probably makes us as feared as any organization in the world. We are the nation's first line of defense. But if you do something wrong to the country, we're the last people you want to see coming at your door. That reputation has been well earned over the last 230 years. serve as a United States Marine means a few different things for me. We are a very patriotic family and things like the Pledge of Allegiance or the country's national anthem, they hit a little different now. Malachi's made a decision to join and knows that it will involve sacrifices, including time spent away from family and friends. He is sacrificing for a cause that's greater than himself. He is also now part of a brotherhood network of support and lifelong relationships. I'm excited for him to gain personal growth, discipline, and leadership skills, as well as self-confidence and a strong work ethic that can benefit him throughout his life. As his mom, I am filled with an extreme amount of pride. Malachi Opet. Okay, um, so I grew up in Utah. My dad is from Vanuatu and in Utah. Mm -hmm. um, been raised here my whole life. Uh, didn't really know what to do first for once I graduated high school and uh, Decided to just end up on the Marine route. Um, mm -hmm. Heard about it from a friend, and they had a lot of the um, let me the it just sounded fun for me. Uh, it sounded like a challenge, mm -hmm. and I wanted to try. And so I went to do it, and it was it was hard, but it wasn't. It was, it was, it was good though. Wow. Yeah, I think I definitely learned a lot. Hmm. And so, how how old are you? Um, and how many siblings do you have? Um, I'm 18. Mm -hmm. I have two siblings, mm -hmm. and I have um three more step siblings on my mom's side. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. 
And then you have a whole but bunch it, of families in Vanuatu, and then you have your mom's side of the family in. Um, are they in Utah, or are they just all over the United States? Uh, they're all in Utah. I do have members who are state away, I think, in Arizona. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them are still in Utah. Oh, okay. Well, how nice. So you heard about the Marines through a friend, and you decided to join. So, uh, what? So, so you, you basically that motivates you. Have you had sort of uh, like um, any training before that? Going into um, like no know, knowing that there's going to be like some sort of training to get in. Yeah. So I signed. I enlisted for the Marines about a year ago. Um, this friend of mine, I was still in high school at the time and there was this program where you go and you enlist for the Marines and, and they, once you graduate high school, you go, but during the time while you're in high school, you go to trainings, mm. uh, one day out of the week mm. and once a month also, like it, there was an extra day you would go. And so I went every week and just kind of trained there a little bit, did a little bit of um, just runs and a few workouts. Mm. And then once I graduated high school, I left about two weeks later for boot camp. Mm. So can you tell me um, why the Marines? I mean, there's five branches, of course, of U.S. military. Um, so why did you pick the Marine instead of the others? So I wanted to do military and I went and talked to a few other branches. Mm -hmm. I had talked to the Air Force and the Army. Mm -hmm. And um, there's definitely some things that I liked about all of them. Mm -hmm. My uh, aunts on my mom's side, they mm -hmm. wanted me to join the Air Force. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. kind of went to the Marine recruiter. And um, I was told that the Marines was the hardest one to join mm. and the most challenging. <laughs> so you like that. <laughs> yeah, I like the challenge. So I wanted to test myself and push myself and see if I could do it. And I ended up joining. And mm. yeah, I think it definitely, they definitely had it hard. So, but it's. I definitely enjoy it. There was just the training and everything is a little more intense, mm. a little longer. Mm. Well, we can talk about the, that that uh, training later on, but um, is it hard to become a, the, a U.S. Marine? Um, it, like in general, is it really hard? Mm. I think... Uh, the hardest part is to stay committed and dedicated mm -hmm. to it. Um, going through basic training, uh, it's not physically as tough as it is mentally. Oh, I see. Okay. So, yeah, I think if you have the right, like, mental strength, mm. you can do it. But mm. um, I do think it's very hard. It was very hard for me. Right. So I, I noticed that in the Marines, they, they have this culture of warrior. Uh, mindset is that what something that you experienced when you were there and 
like that um, more about how you get along with your peers and um, all of those sort of things. And was that something that you've experienced while you during your training? And now uh, that you're a Marine? Yes, I definitely think so. A lot of it was geared towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in about every everything we did, it was about being a warrior and knowing, like making sure you're doing the right thing and staying like having honor, courage, and commitment at all right. times. Right, right. Nice. So what was your parents' reaction to, you know, well, first of all, deciding to be a Marine and then second of all, you made it. Well, what were those two, you know, different reactions to it, all of that? The first reaction, initial reaction to get in, what they were prepared about it. Um, you know, because I think every parent is I don't know, when you think of the military, unless, of course, if you're their family members, like you said, you have family members on your mom's side. So that kind of gives you that some sort of background or idea. But what was the initial reaction? And then after when you, you know, you you got in? Um, so, like I said, my aunts were both Air Force and they didn't have the best opinion of Marines. <laughs> Why, why is that <laughs> um there's some marines who tend to be cocky and oh, okay yeah every every branch uh talks yeah talks about the other I, branch mm-hmm. so uh-huh. but my mom was uh she wanted me to join the air force too mm-hmm. and uh she was nervous at first and then we kind of had some conversations about it Mm. Went and talked to my recruiter, mm. and uh, he'll like clear up some questions. Mm. And after that, she was pretty proud of me. Mm. I mean, she definitely was a little nervous with me leaving. Right, right, yes. Yeah. And, then and then your dad. Yeah, my dad was about the same way, mm. where he also wanted me to do the Air Force. Mm-hmm. But um, I also had a conversation with him went and talked to my recruiter and cleared some things up and just kind of showed him what I'd be doing. Mm-hmm. And he was the same way. And then when I graduated from boot camp, they, they both seemed so proud. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, it was amazing to see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And, and the whole family, sure, both your sisters are probably just very happy. Yeah, they all showed up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Shirts with my name across it, and <laughs> proud, to, proud to be a sister of a marine. Yes, that, that I'm sure there is. I mean, I'm, you know, I think um, if you were in Vanuatu, it's probably the whole island of Palma would probably come out. <laughs> yes, it is a very proud thing. So, um, how was the challenge? I mean, describe something that. Uh, maybe a situation that you encountered during your recruit training and, and how did you handle it? Like just probably one thing that you feel comfortable to share. Um, there was a couple hard things. I think one of the hardest physically mm-hmm. was um, we did this thing called log drills. Uh, and so yeah. it was about four of us and we pulled logs over our head and have to do, I think it was about mile run. 
And how heavy were those logs? Um, I I don't know like around what weight, but uh, it took four of us, and we struggled with four of us. They were they were pretty heavy, and during the runs, they'd have us stop mm-hmm. and like, hold them above our heads and do squats with them, and that was really hard mm-hmm. for me at the moment. But um, while you're there, you kind of learn how like mm-hmm. temporary like pain and being sore is. Yeah, you can just push through it while you're there, and eventually it's over within like an hour. Ah, and so, so did you guys yeah. talked about how the four of you? Did you talk about how you're going to discuss how, if you know helping each other out, or would you just jump in the moment of it and and do it? Yeah, they kind of just picked out four people and put you on a log and made you start. So it was definitely a bit, uh, it was confu- It was really hard at first, uh-huh. but eventually we started figuring it out and working better as a team. Right. So there were, were there any intimidation from your, um, what did they, you call them, the recruiters? Uh, drill instructors drill instructors were there any like yelling and screaming like we you know I'm just kind of imagining because all of us has never had any experience um in that sense but like watching a movie perhaps you know that's kind of what everybody would try to imagine were there like any yelling and screaming and shouting and like uh yeah complete the challenge yeah so the first week was probably the worst they Mm. came in was constant screaming you're running everywhere um like when we wake up in the morning we usually wake up at four and we're Mm -hmm. out of our our racks Mm -hmm. as like quick as possible Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just constant screaming from the minute you wake up to the time you go to sleep and then i think that was the worst week and then the rest of the time you're you're there you have to respond by screaming or and you're running everywhere so it, about most of the 13 weeks you were screaming and running but uh mm-hmm. as you the um, as you get closer to graduating it they get a little bit less on it oh, okay hard about it mm. and yeah yeah so it sounds like what you said in the beginning it's all about mental state like you know are you able to stay focused the whole time because it sounds to me like it's all the all the intimidating just to kind of get you to stay focused see if you can stay focused yes wow so um the marine corps i think you mentioned a little bit about value honors and courage commitment uh which are very crucial in that sort of warrior culture um how do you think your personality because i think you mentioned a little bit about challenge like you love challenge so how do you uh think your personality um kind of help to get you mentally ready uh to embrace this challenge um well i always i like to push myself a lot and i like to be challenged it just i think there's no fun in doing something unless there's a challenge with it yeah, I think uh, when I joined the Marines, I think it definitely helped me that I had that. Mm-hmm. There's quite a few moments where it got really hard and mm-hmm. seeing it as a challenge helps more than just kind of being in fear of it. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like to face my fears a lot more than just be afraid. Like I, uh, terrified of heights, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I joined my contract for the Marines is an aviation contract. Oh, okay. So I just, yeah, I like pushing myself and I think that definitely helped. Okay. So that means that you are in that particular, um, what do you call it? That particular group then now that you, you're a Marine. So you are in the aviation. Yes. So, um, in there's what is called MOS fields. Okay. And so you can be split up into different things. Mm-hmm. And in those is smaller specific jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I will be working in aviation, but I mm-hmm. have, uh, three different jobs that I can do at the moment that mm-hmm. I've, my contract allows me. Okay. And, um, yeah, so I'll go to schoolhouse and train for a year to learn how to do one of those jobs. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Do you have a specific one in mind or is this something you can tell us? Or is this something that you're still thinking about it? Um, there's two that I really want. One is a load master. And so I'd be on the back of planes pushing packages out. Okay. And then the second one is a door gunner for helicopters. Okay. And yeah. Wow. Do you think that that's going to change once you get in for a couple, once your contract of that is up and then you might change and do something else? Or does that, you just stay there for, for how many other years that you're going to be in the Marine? Um, I think it might change. We'll see how it is. I, so for the first two years, once you're in for two years, you're allowed to apply for their special forces, Okay. which I was considering, heavily considering applying for. Okay. Hmm. And uh, if I do make that, I stay an extra five years and I'd be there about seven to eight years. Okay. So do you have to be a specific age to go into the special force or because you're 18 right now? Um, You have to be in the Marine Corps for two years. For two years. Okay. Okay. And this, how long is it? Do they have a specific training for it as well? Yes. So they have another training for it. And I I believe it's six months long Mm. is the other training. And um, yeah, there's... I don't know much about the training mm. uh, i know it's pretty intense mm. and uh, there's some pretty hard tests you have to go through but mm. yeah i think it would be a great opportunity yeah well i'm i'm sure with your you know challenge you know that would be something that uh, you, you won't have any problem with that um another question is that uh given your background you know from vanuatu and the u.s do you find that because you have that background, was it was it easy to get along with, you know, other young men and uh, that were from different backgrounds as well or mixed race kids that were there as well? Was uh, it was it easy? Yeah, it was it was actually really nice. Um there was uh, another another person there, he was American Samoan. Oh. Okay. And so we hit it off pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's yeah. good. There's definitely, it helps being yeah. 
yeah I think it, it just it definitely helps yeah it gives you something that you can connect with something that you can relate to yeah yeah so I'm pretty sure he probably talks about what kind of food you like island food <laughs> did he ask what kind of did you eat uh spam masubi because <laughs> i know my kids like to eat spam masubi which i guess is very popular in hawaii and the polynesian uh, cultures oh my goodness so teamwork um what was some you shared a little bit about your teamwork like where you guys were picking up a log Obviously, they just kind of randomly pick four people, and then you they told you to pick up them. Um, do you do you feel that after you've gone through this training? Um, well, let's start with like how many people started and how many people ended. Like how many people finish? We haven't even asked that. I mean, I haven't even asked the question. So were like a lot of you when you first started, and then how how many finished? Um, so I think we started with one hundred and twenty. Wow. Um, we had quite a few drop. Okay. Um, I think we graduated with about 100. But um, the way it also works there is we can drop some people. Okay. But also people who get dropped get cycled into a different, the next wow. platoon. Okay. And so we also picked up some kids who had been injured and then joined our platoon. Ah. So I think it was around 25, maybe 30 people who ended up dropping. And then okay. we picked up around five. And so, yeah, I think we picked, we had about 100 mm. graduated. Wow. That is, it uh, is very hard. Uh, so, yeah. So what was some of like, what was some of the challenges within a team? Like if you, if you had to do a task that involves, uh, a team what was some challenge to work with each other um so everything was teamwork based there if mm -hmm. one messes up everybody messes up and right. we all get punished for it um so i think so it kind of sucked at first like mm -hmm. we all we all kind of got mad at each other quite a lot but eventually you just kind of learn to help each other out instead of getting mad at each other mm -hmm. and uh i grew close with quite a few people there the teamwork there i played sports my whole life and i think that i've never seen better teamwork than when yeah. i joined yeah and so, yeah you just get really close with the people there and you all start helping each other out and mm -hmm. you, we can do a lot of things mm. so it is a very uh neat tight neat um Eventually, like very, very tight knit uh, culture of building that very strong connections of working together and having a team, so very strong teamwork. Uh, so what were some of the lessons that you learned from that? Uh, from the teamwork? Yes, uh, and the teamwork and, and, and seeing how going from, you know, being high school student and then now you've experienced this and then you kind of put in this, uh, well, now it's obviously your work, but like, Okay, so going from being a high schooler and then now you're in the Marines and then you this culture of like working together, how does that change you in terms of working together? Um I think it definitely uh it definitely helped a lot with just mindset in general. Mm. Um mo most of the people I met, like during the 
during going through boot camp, you're all going through the same thing. Mm. And when it's a lot easier to know, like to push through and do something when you have somebody else that's going through it with you. Oh. And that's, that's one of the reasons I think we all become pretty close is because we're all going through the same thing. They call it embracing the suck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> embracing the suck. Does it, does it have like a shorter um, acronym for it? <laughs> uh, it probably is one. I, I just don't know it yet. <laughs> yes. Cause usually you end up with like thousands of acronyms that you would like just get trying to get your head to wrap around it. Um, so I guess my final question, my final question to you is that, um, which I'm saving for last, is this crucible? Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, the crucible. Yes. yes. So tell us about that. Well, what is it to, to start with for those who, you know, might be wondering what is that? Okay. So the crucible is the final test to becoming a Marine. It's mm-hmm. about two and a half days long. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get about, I think, four hours of sleep. You have to ration your meals. You get four or five meals. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're constantly doing tasks. Uh, Like, basically, you do challenges. Mm -hmm. And there's courses that you have to go through. And Mm -hmm. each of them correlate to a Marine who had done it for a mission before. Um, And, um, yeah, it's really tough. it kind of sucked. It mm-hmm. was, uh, you were sleep deprived most of it and you were constantly doing like working out mm-hmm. and we did a bunch of courses throughout the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were crawling under barbed wire, mm-hmm. climbing walls. Um, did you have to go through that tunnel, like some sort of tunnels as well in the water? No. Yes. Oof. Yeah. We, um, so we actually ended up doing it through during Hurricane Hillary. Oh. So it rained so much. And um, most of the stuff was filled with water. Uh-huh. So when it got night, it was really cold. Yeah. And we were crawling under barbed wire with water, like, all the way covering our face. So you'd come out covered in mud. Mm. And... um the entire time you're carrying your rifle with you and so you're running and crawling through mud and water, mm-hmm. uh, climbing over walls and clearing stuff. But um, it was definitely, it was interesting. Yeah, It's definitely, I understand why it's the final test because it's definitely hard. Yeah. But the last part of the crucible is this thing called the Reaper. Mm. So we wake up uh, to, uh, after two days of no sleep you mm-hmm. get like an hour or two mm-hmm. and you wake up and start a four mile hike to the reaper which is the final part mm-hmm. and the reaper is a certain part of the hike at the very end where it's about a mile and a half mm-hmm. but the hill just goes straight up mm-hmm. and so that's the last push and once you get to the top of the reaper you become a marine oh okay and so you get there um you march up during dark they mm. call it uh zombie walking a lot <laughs> because did you, did you feel like it was the zombie walking <laughs> yeah i'd close my eyes and then i'd open my eyes again and i was walking in a new completely new spot so you did you feel like your your body was out like you're you know kind of out from your body and just walking and just keeping yeah. that focus of making it 
Yeah. At a certain point, I didn't realize I was walking. I was kind of asleep while I was walking. And yeah. I so you had thought... that out of body experience then? Yeah. Wow. It was it was pretty crazy. And then we got there and we all get to the bottom and we mm-hmm. have to run up the Reaper. Mm-hmm. And uh that was a pretty cool moment because once you get to the top, it's I think the sunrise comes up like right mm-hmm. at the top. They time it perfectly. Wow. And it was it was a pretty great moment. Oh, that's awesome. So I forgot to ask you, where where did you do your training? Where, where was the was it in the south? Uh, it was in Southern California. Oh, San South Diego. California, San, San Diego. Oh, yes. Because when you were talking about the um, cyclone. Wow. So when you got to the top, um, did you guys all have to get there at the same time? Or did you have to wait for others to make it to the top? Uh, it was a bit of both. Mm-hmm. We waited. Um, we would sometimes slow down and wait for other people or try oh. and help them. Okay, but that's true. Just it was more individual who could like get up there at your own time, but uh, okay, trying to get up there as fast as possible. Also, okay, did you help any anyone at all to make it up there? Yeah, I helped. Uh, I helped a few people. We uh-huh. kind of stuck together, uh-huh. and um, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that is nice. So I think my final question to you is um, now that you are a, you know, Marine, U.S. Marine, um, and also being the first Nivanuatu U.S. Marine, actually, and that's a proud moment for, for us, Nivanuatu, because, you know, it's you're the first in the history of the country. Um what would you like, because, you know, obviously people will be listening to this conversation on the radio, and I'm sure they'll have a lot of questions I wanted to ask me. So maybe we'll, let me ask this question before I finish that. Uh, did you have to learn how to use the guns and, you know, all of those things? Because I'm sure some people would want to know <laughs> in Vanuatu. So did you have, when you were, you talk about doing the uh, drill and training, um, were your rivals loaded? All of that. Can you can you tell us a little bit of that? So um, there's multiple phases in boot mm-hmm. camp. Or during the first two phases, you kind of just learn how to clean your weapon. You learn how to drill with it, okay. and then the third phase is when you actually start shooting. Uh-huh. And uh, so you do you shoot your weapon on a range, and you have there's multiple different shooting positions. And there's, I think, three or four different distances. So you get to shoot at 100 meters and uh, 200, 300, and 500. Mm-hmm. And uh, you score your, you get a score out of uh, like where you hit on the target. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, yeah. So I did shoot my rifle a lot. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I got an expert. Uh, badge. Wow, uh, a good the, a good score for shooting. Well, have you have you tried? I mean, have you used a rifle before? Like even just BB guns and things like that. Um, I've shot. Um, I usually ha- shoot a shotgun. Mm. Is the main. Okay. Uh, um, when we got there, that was my first time shooting an M16. Wow. And was so, it terrifying? 
it was a little scary. Mm. They're they're actually really nice weapons. Mm. They don't have a lot of recoil and they're they're pretty accurate. Okay. So do you have to know how to clean it, change it, load it, and all of that? So that's something that you have to be, uh, well, or eventually very much an expert on it. Yeah, so we can we can take them apart um, less than a minute, wow. really easy. And um, okay. and you just learn how to clean like everything on the weapon. Uh-huh. And uh, you have to keep it lubricated so it's, uh, it's shooting right, doesn't jam up. We teach mm-hmm. you how to get rid of jams mm-hmm. um we had a second uh course that we had to take while sh- for shooting and that one was our rapid fire shooting mm-hmm. where we'd have to do it um standing up and it's more combat based okay and uh yeah so that was pretty exciting actually that was definitely the more fun version of it so you, you you find that very exciting. Yeah, it was it was a lot more fun because it was for the first range. Mm-hmm. And you shoot from just like prone positions and try and hit for accuracy. And then mm-hmm. the second one, you go and you're trying to shoot rapid fire. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot based. There's moving mm-hmm. targets. So. And then the other question before we wrap up. Um... So for the Marines, you don't necessarily have to be on active duty, right? Yeah. You do or you don't? Uh, you don't. You don't. Okay. So so, so that's probably why I was asking about that, you know, being that special, um, the group that, is it more like a reserve then? Or how does that work? Yeah. So there's the reserves and the and active duty. Okay. Okay, nice. So, yeah, so back to the question about, so what message would you like to give to any young Niva Noatu who's listening or just, you know, families at home who's listening? Um, how, you know, this achievement that you, you've, you've, you've um, achieved, and it is a pretty high-stake achievement to be a U.S. in the U.S. Marine, one of the best military in the world, which is the U.S. military, uh, whatever branches that might be. But we know, we do know that the Marine has a very special, um, you know, specific way that they're trained, a specific way that we know when they go out there uh, to, to to take care of business. And I like to uh, go back to some of the stories that that. Uh, they did during World War II, especially in the South Pacific. That's pretty amazing. So um, being the first Nivanuatu person, and you said there was another Pacific Islander there, um, how does that make you feel? And what message do you want to give to any young people who are listening in Vanuatu or the families who are listening um, of the achievement that you've had? And maybe, you know, um, encourage any young person who's thinking about taking part in any kind of military branches that Vanuatu has if they have that opportunity? Um, uh, I'm I'm so proud that I did this and I, I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one thing I'd share with them is just keep pushing mm-hmm. and uh, it's challenging. Uh, take it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, 
look as look at everything as an opportunity and uh, instead of being afraid of something uh challenge it i guess hmm. well thank you and i we are very proud of you and i've and I, like i said when you're out there you're not only representing the US, united states but also vanuatu in a way to to know that you know you're there taking care of the country here in, in the us but also uh, representing your people in in Vanuatu, so I just want to thank you so much for your time and congratulate you and wishing you the best. And I'm sure whatever the you know other contract that you might have, um, uh, apart from the aviation in the future, that uh, you go into the special force, which will be another exciting opportunity as well. So we look forward for that and uh, wishing you the very best. And thank you. Thank you. Today's Marine Corps emblem ceremony officially recognizes the transformation of your recruit into a United States Marine. They've been here almost the entire 12 weeks to accomplish uh, graduating uh, recruit training. We have the family members all come in. We have the recruits out in formation. It's very symbolic. They stand before you today fully prepared to receive the coveted emblem of the Marine Corps, the Eagle, Globe, and Anchor. The Eagle Globe and Anchor is the cherished emblem of our Corps. It is presented to each recruit the day before graduation by his or her drill instructor. It is the moment in time where they transition from being a recruit to being a United States Marine. things imparted at Paris Island is an absolute trust in each other, that teamwork. That you've got to rely on each other and to know that no matter what happens, even if you pay the ultimate sacrifice and you die, that you'll be never left behind. We fight for our brothers. We fight for the Corps. We fight for the members of our squad and platoon. Take care of your buddies, and you better hope your buddy's taking care of you. And he always is. That's the way Marines are. The individual Marine, the individual warriors at the fire team and the squad level, they've always been the heroes. They've always been the ones to locate and close with the enemies of our country. That's no different today than when it was 230 years ago. Marine Corps draws from the American citizenry, and there's a tendency these days to put the military up on a shelf and say, it's not us, it's them, it's those people over there. I would like people to realize that when they're looking at footage of a squad of Marines walking down a street in Fallujah, or a body bag coming off a helicopter, that could be their son, their neighbor, it could be the kid down the street. We're just the kids next door that have joined the military, that have a calling we feel that service to the nation is, is the highest calling a person can have. Yes, sir! We do not promise any individual who comes into the Marine Corps anything except maybe if you're good enough, you can become a Marine. You can join this long line of warriors and heroes that the Marine Corps has had. The spirit of Semper Fidelis is something that lives in a man's heart. It never goes away.
the brotherhood, the camaraderie, all of that is real. And in our homogenized 21st century life, I mean, it's easy to forget. What continues to inspire me is uh, Marines believe in something larger than themselves. Sacrifice, but a willful sacrifice. That's something that not everyone understands. It's a hard time, some hardship, but you do with your heart. And you have to be unselfish to go on harm's way and leave loved ones behind. It's hard to sum it all up. The major thing is a sense of pride, a sense of belonging. The Marine Corps is a band of brothers. There's nobody else out in the world that knows what it feels like to be a Marine other than Marines themselves. It's a sense of belonging. Honor, courage, commitment, our core values sum it all up. is created and produced by Melanesian Women Today, a non-profit organization. Please visit our website at www.melanesianwomentoday.org. That is all one word. Melanesian Women Today envisions a Pacific region where every woman, girl, and child in their respective communities in Melanesia lives a productive, healthy, and fulfilling life. We are on a mission to improve the well-being and quality of lives and also to promote and improve leadership in women and girls in their communities. Please consider making a donation today on our website to support our work. Thank you for your support. <laughs>